Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today I want to talk about a condition that um well let's just say a lot of people don't really know what to do with which is a lot of conditions right but ms is definitely one of uh those conditions that the medical world uh western alternative um they they don't really have solid uh recommendations for that actually can help to reverse this condition. Now, this condition, let's be honest and fair, can be tough to reverse in later stages. So the more this condition advances and continues to attack the central nervous system, the more challenging it is to reverse this condition. However, um, I have seen over the years of working with this condition, that it is possible to improve and rectify this condition, especially if it's caught earlier on, um, if the if the symptoms are addressed from, you know, as early as possible. So, um, you know, like all chronic disease with MS, there has to be a genetic predisposition in place, right? there has to be a genetic predisposition in place for this disease, for any chronic disease to come to fruition, to um, express itself, you know? So we might see in the family line, in the gene pool, we might see other neurological disorders such as epilepsy, Parkinson's, ALS. We may even see things like schizophrenia um, or alcoholism, strong uh, line of alcoholism in the, the gene pool. Now that doesn't have to be there, but um, we can see that. I have seen a common thread um, with uh, a family history of, of these neurological conditions of alcoholism, of schizophrenia, and so forth. We can also see this condition more prominent in uh, military fam families due to the excess amount of stabs that are required for this population. I'll talk more about that as we get into the episode. We can see it in mining towns or in areas with high levels of, of heavy metals, uh, particularly aluminum, but this would have to be extremely significant for this to be the core root cause. Um, you know, usually we see some other things that have weakened the organism and then, you know, maybe some exposure to a high amount of aluminum can trigger, you know, symptoms. Um, but typically it's not the root of why somebody gets MS. 
right? Because you'll go to your naturopath, you go to your functional doctors, they have you run a heavy metal test, let's check your heavy metals because you have MS, because the central nervous system's affected. So then we just assume there has to be heavy metals. And sure, most people today are going to have going to have some degree of heavy metals in the body. But also, if your gut microbiome is healthy, especially if you have um, uh, healthy balanced strains of candida in your gut, candida, one of its roles, one of the roles of candida is to actually remove heavy metals from the body. So how do we destroy the gut microbiome? We destroy the gut microbiome with antibiotics. We destroy the gut microbiome with stabs, right? I think you all know, you, you know what I mean by that. I'm trying to stay on YouTube. I'm trying not to get kicked out. <laughs> so a lot of this talk is actually going to be uh, code. <laughs> so um uh so where was i going with that um so you know certain doctors will will test for for heavy metals and they will say this is the the cause because you're aluminum high you you have a lot of mercury in your body or you have a lot of this or that but um while you may have high levels of those things and um working to rectify that this is, of course, if the testing you underwent for that is actually accurate. I question 99% of, of tests like this um, and their accuracy, food sensitivity tests, mold tests, testing for Lyme, testing for heavy metals. You know, it's all a crapshoot, in my opinion. We can actually tell if somebody has heavy metal toxicity by understanding their symptoms, which I'll talk later about in this episode. But um, we could see MS develop um, after a skin eruption has been suppressed. Um, so it would likely have to be a very intense skin eruption. And that was suppressed with some sort of um, Western topical or oral drug. And then uh, months to years after that, we could see some neurological symptoms develop as a result. These are a few ways that it can show up. However, we have to remember that each organism is unique and is going to manifest this condition in a way that reflects the susceptible areas in that organism, in their body, right? And, um, and the susceptible areas are where your genetic predispositions are like, it's like the shallow end, right? It's like, this is a soft spot. It's the weakest link in the organism. And we all have these, we all have these areas. Now in my practice, I use a combination of circadian practices and homeopathy to support recovery from this condition. And, um, you know, probably most every single doctor and maybe even natural doctor will tell you that this condition is incurable. Now, to be fair, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, if the disease is advanced far enough into the central nervous system, it can be tough to reverse. But there are always steps, no matter where you're at in your MS symptoms um, and where you're at with that disease, there's always steps you can take um, to at the very least slow the progression of this disorder. During this episode, I'm going to talk about how I approach MS. I'm going to talk about root causes. 
And I'm going to talk about how I use circadian practices and particularly homeopathy to support this condition. Of course, you know, this isn't meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any condition, blah, blah, blah. You all know that this is, um, I'm not claiming any of those things. I'm just going to share my experience with you all here today. Now, before I dive into the episode, I want to remind you that enrollment for the Ancestral Health Certification Program is open until Tuesday, until November 1st. And this is a five-week program, self-paced, teaching you how to create customized healing plans for your clients or patients using sunlight, using food, using some, some is the key word, food-grade supplements, and other natural modalities. Now, I've designed this course to be self-paced so you can listen to the modules as your life, as your schedule, as your sunlight practice permits. Um, I am really excited to be offering this course because this I'm going to talk about today is the foundational aspect of health that is so, so important and so needed uh, to have this solid foundation to build from when we're working to heal and when we are healing ourselves, helping other people heal, uh, etc. So you can learn more over at my site, heathershepherd.com. And at the top of the page, you will see uh, a tab for an the an ancestral health certification. Um, so head on over there. You can read more about it and you can reserve your spot for the course. And I will close um, registration for the course on November 1st. Okay. Um, lastly, I just put up a new Eat, Heal, Farm blog over on my site, and you could go to my site, heathershepherd.com, to read the blog. I talk about my process with making Italian sauce and meatballs and eggplant parm in a completely ancestral paleo way. Um, and the blog before that, the week before, was what to feed your dog. I know a lot of people... They reach out to me, they're like, Heather, what should I feed my dog? Honestly, um, I have been feeding my dog a uh, pretty much carnivore diet uh, for the past 12 years. And people look at her and think she's four. I'm not kidding. And she has energy like she's four. Um, and so anyway, I wanted to write a blog about that because it's a question I get asked so frequently. So if you have a dog or know someone who, who does and they have no idea what to feed their dog or they're confused about it because there's a lot of horse crap out there on, you know, oh, make sure they have sweet potatoes and millet and quinoa. It's like that is not what a dog should be eating. Um, hopefully the blog will help to clear the air <laughs> there for you all with regard to what to feed your dog. Um, so you can read about that and my other blog posts over there on my site, heathershepherd.com. And the blog tab is located at the top of the page. Okay, let's talk about MS. So, you know, I want to start by saying the inspiration for this episode actually came when I was teaching a class on sunlight, on diet, on the circadian practices. Homeopathy came up in that discussion. And, um, you know, these are, of course, topics that I'm very passionate about. I, I, I sense that you all know that if you've been listening to the podcast for some time. 
But um, we got into this place, this very important place, and I think it was a, a, a new place for a lot of people because a lot of people know how to do all of the right things on paper, logistically, linear, linearly, when it comes to their health and healing. Take this supplement, eat at this time, eat these foods, uh, do sunlight, you know, do the sunlight RX, et cetera, right? And so people really get to this place where they do everything right on paper, but then, you know, they still have symptoms. The symptoms still linger. And so we got to this point in the discussion where symptoms came up to, in the discussion. And, uh, you know, specifically around the importance of symptoms and how when we can truly understand somebody's symptoms and focus on that versus focusing on a medical diagnosis, that we can take that person much further with their healing when we focus on their symptoms and actually know what to do about them versus focusing on a medical diagnosis. Focusing on a medical diagnosis is a trap. It's a dead end. Most doctors, alternative or allopathic, have no idea what to do with people's symptoms. They're trained to treat diseases and disease conditions point blank. This is a trap. It's a dead end. And it's a 100% guaranteed approach that will fall short of helping the people who need help, the people who are struggling with their health, the patients, the clients, they will continue to fall short in getting to the root and helping to rectify to chip away at the root of their issue, no matter what the issue is, including MS. So here's the deal. So you go to a practitioner with a diagnosis, maybe you go to a specialist in the field. Yeah, wow, maybe a uh, well, let's say you go to a neurologist, right? We're talking about MS today and they tell you you have MS and they'll give you medication. Yeah, let's, let's keep an eye on it. Let's run some labs, you know, let's see, let's just keep an eye on it with lab work. <laughs> um, you guys know I can tear that to shreds right there, but that's literally not doing anything for your client by keeping an eye on it with lab work. <laughs> it's like, what, you just continue to pay them and pay your insurance. And so for what? So then they can just keep an eye on paper of when you're getting worse and say, well, you're getting worse now, but they don't really give you any real suggestions, maybe just some medication and say, we're going to keep an eye on things. And they actually run lab work to make sure that your liver or kidneys isn't getting poisoned by the medicine you're giving you to make sure that your liver enzymes stay in a healthy range. I have a lot of issues with that. I have a lot of concerns. Um, you know, we can look at the other side of the coin to a functional doc or an ND. And I'm not saying every one of them will do it this way. Let's hope that there's some more uh, well-trained, well-versed alternative health practitioners out there. This is the reason I'm creating the answer. This is the reason I teach people. This is the reason because we have to have better health practitioners out there that know what to do in these situations and situations with people's health, you know, uh, 
what they're struggling with, how to understand why the, why an individual got sick, right? It's not the disease that made them sick. It's their organism that made them sick. How do we understand that and rectify that? That's what we need to do. You know, most functional or, or NDs will give you an MS protocol. You go into the MS, here's an MS protocol. Take these supplements. Let's run a heavy metal panel. Let's get you on a candida cleanse, you know, all this horse crap. You know, Dr. Terry Walls will tell you to eat plants. I'm sure she's a great lady. I'm sure, you know, she's done remarkable things with her health and life, right? It's not going to get to the root of why somebody has MS. A circadian practitioner will tell you to change your light environment. Now we're getting warmer. We're on we're on a better track here with with that approach, right? And I'll I'll talk about why that is part of the found laying a, a solid foundation of health to to work from. But what I'm getting at is that doctors have been trained out of they've trained out of all doctors understanding what symptoms actually mean and what to do with them. And this shift started once the Flexner report was released. So I've mentioned this, this on previous podcasts, but before the Flexner report, medical school training included a core part of the training in many schools, homeopathy, homeopathic medicine. To be a homeopathic practitioner, you have to, understanding symptoms is like the essence of how to help somebody. It's the essence. And that's, this is, this is key to helping to get somebody towards their quote unquote cure, right? But the Flexner Report, here it comes, boom. Oh, what the, this is taking far too long. We can't see as many patients you know, there's too many medicines to choose from. Let's narrow it down, get them in and out in under 14 minutes. And here's a list of medications we can focus on that target every single disease out there, either given an antibiotic, or, you know, then they had this short list to choose from. So medical doctors became dumb, you know, I mean, they became ignorant in the understanding what's really going on with the body and why somebody is dealing with what they're dealing with. Surgeons are, I mean, honestly, they're amazing. That's that's a serious skill. But a doctor you go into and he, you know, is just going to prescribe you medication or a list of supplements or just run some tests. It's not really helping people. It's not helping people. It's what puts my blood on fire. So doctors have been trained out of understanding what symptoms actually mean. And so when I started talking about symptoms in this class I was teaching, people were like, people wanted to share what their symptoms are. I was like, yes. And I would tell them, I'd be like, that's gold. That's a gold symptom right there. And they'd be like, okay, but now what do I do? But you see, you, 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 you have to take all of the person's symptoms into consideration, mental, emotional. Are you an anxious person? Are you a depressed person? What triggers your anxiety? What triggers your depression? You know, the, the list of questions, it just goes on and on. And anybody who's, who's studying homeopathy with me right now understands that. And anybody who studies with me in the ancestral health certification program is going to understand this more deeply. This, there's a lot to this, much more so than can be explained in a podcast episode. But 
what I want to get to here is we have to understand symptoms. Now, I want to give you an example here so you can really understand where I'm coming from. Let's say that you or somebody you know has been diagnosed with MS. Let's say that some of the symptoms are some, a nutshell, a few symptoms. The person's aggravated by heat. They get overheated easily in the sun. They have a strong thirst. They love salty foods. They're aggravated by fat if they eat too much fat. And this whole situation of MS and these aggravations got jump-started after they experienced a big grief or a big uh, uh, heartbreak in their life. Most doctors will have no idea what to do with those very unique symptoms. They're not going to ask you that you go into their practice. They're not going to say you're aggravated by heat, strong thirst, desire, you know, no, right? They're not even going to ask you that. Most doctors are going to have no idea what to do with those very unique symptoms. But when you understand how all of those symptoms point to a very specific remedy, one remedy, one, then you have the ability to get someone a form of medicine and approach that is truly unique and starts to address root causes as to why they got an MS diagnosis. General suggestions are horseshit, okay? Um, now, you know, general suggestion, take a multivitamin, right? There are some general suggestions that can be used as a foundation to healing. These are the circadian practices that actually have the impact to change your biology, change your circadian rhythms, change the signaling in your body. They're absolutely necessary as a foundational base to healing. So, you know, I know or since many of you have an awareness of, around what these are, I'm going to talk, I'm going to mention and list these out in a few, but general suggestions like take a multivitamin or you have a mineral imbalance because it said so on this piece of paper or in one piece of your hair. So take these supplements, eat this MS diet, walk in a circle three times and jump up and down because it cured my MS. I think you know where I'm going here, right? General sug suggestions cannot clear the root cause of disease, period. Let's talk about my approach to MS, okay, and how I go about it if somebody comes into my practice with this condition. Symptoms are queen always, and I will get to those. But first, it can be very helpful for somebody to lay a solid foundation with the circadian practices. I go into detail with regard to these practices in my ancestral health certification program, but I will mention the bare bones basics of these practices here for you so you have an understanding, you have some context about what this means, what this looks like. Now, these are important additions to any health program because they help you lay a solid foundation. I've said this, but they help you lay a solid foundation for someone's healing to be, build off from. If your house is built on a wood frame and is susceptible to being eaten by termites, your house is screwed, right? And it's more susceptible to fire and to burn down. Now, if your house is built on a concrete slab, you have a solid foundation in place. This is what the circadian practices do for your health, solid foundation. 
They slow the progression of disease and help to align your biology with that of nature. And this is essential to any health plan. Somebody who has MS and is a gamer or addicted to being on their devices all day and is in a Wi-Fi environment, which we know absolutely manipulates the brain and the central nervous system is going to have a real problem getting well. So what are the circadian practices? We have the sunlight RX, right? The four-step uh, protocol that teaches you how to use sunlight in a therapeutic way to help support your mitochondria, you know, your, your cells, the signaling metabolic and hormonal throughout your body, etc. That's the sunlight RX. Then we have an ancestral diet. This is a, it's a key circadian practice. If you're eating the same diet 365 days a year, it's not suggested as a solid circadian practice. So we want to fine tune that. We want to hone that. Grounding, you know, if you can ground in an environment that doesn't have Wi-Fi and all these EMFs flying around, that can be a helpful circadian practice. Creating a healthy indoor light environment. This is huge. If you're flipping on LEDs at night or walking around and holding your iPhone and scrolling Instagram or some sort of TikTok Chinese app or, you know, these sort of things, it's not going to go well, right? It's not going to go well. We have to learn how to um, support our circadian biology after sunset. What does this look like? And, you know, why is it important, especially for somebody with a CNS disorder, especially that signaling that happens right there in the brain that is controlled by light is huge for these individuals. I know I had a brain injury. It was night and day. Um, also swapping your Wi-Fi, getting rid of that and in, instead hardwiring your ethernet connection and making sure that ethernet connection is grounded. That's something I, I learned. Um, and it was very helpful when I learned how to ground my ethernet. If your ethernet isn't grounded, you want to make sure it's grounded. Anyway, those are the, the core circadian practices that when those are in place, your body then has this solid foundation to build from, to heal from. Now, you don't have to be perfect with your practices, you know, to start the healing process, but having an awareness and some degree of practice around the circadian practices, this is going to help you create a solid foundation to work from slows the progression of disease. Maybe you start your circadian practices and some symptoms actually completely heal. My sleep was one of those things. My sleep improved immensely just by doing the circadian practices. I had wicked insomnia after my TBI. As soon as I um, understood, came to know the circadian practices, sunlight, indoor light environment, Wi-Fi, sleep like a polar bear now. Now, maybe after you, uh, you start some of the circadian practices, some of your symptoms improve, but maybe they don't fully go away. And then people, this is the point that people get to when they're like, fuck it. I've done all this and I still feel this way. And I've put in all this effort and I'm doing everything they're telling me to do. And they're telling me that I'm going to feel better and I'm going to do this and that. Here's the thing. That's likely to happen. Let's be honest. Let's, we have to be honest about that. 
that is likely to be to to happen. Maybe some of your symptoms improve, but don't go fully away. Don't fully go away, right? Some people, for example, the farmhand that is on our property can't tell when um, he's on his, his iPhone or if he does happen to be, you know, like for example, we have to make a town run, which is an hour away from our farm. Uh, if my wife is on her phone for more than a few minutes, she starts to get dizzy and vertigo when she goes into town because there's so many more EMFs. Now, our farmhand is well aware of the circadian practices and he does them to a T, really, really impressive. If he goes into town, he has to turn on his phone for a Google map or something. He doesn't feel anything, right? So everybody's going to be different on how these things, how your body reacts and feels and um, is aware of your environment. We have to understand that when we put our body in a healthy environment, there's going to be an impact and that may take some time to actually feel and for our body to register. If you take an abused dog out of an abused situation and put them in a healthier environment, they're still going to be anxious and they're, they're going to react like they're being abused. Even when you're not abused, you go to a pet, an abused dog and they like get timid or growl at you, right? But you put them in a different environment. So <clears throat> what I'm getting at here is the body needs to be trained and retrained. There's been many years of abuse with poor light environment and so forth that sometimes it can take time for your body to fully register. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a healthy environment. This is, I feel, I'm starting to feel better. Maybe that's a few months for some people. Maybe that's a year, a couple years for others. But the key is to understand what that healing environment is and to make those shifts because they're foundational for your health. This is, you know, This is key to laying a solid foundation for your health, the circadian practices. So no matter how much your husband or your partner or your kids or your friends make fun of you for having a red light bulb in or why is your iPhone screen red, right? You keep doing it. You keep doing it because it's going to pay off. This is this is you creating a solid foundation. So... Um, so let's say you're a holistic health practitioner or you're aspiring to be one. Get your clients to watch the sunrise. Follow the Sunlight RX. Learn what an ancestral diet really is. Learn how to change your indoor light environment. Last week's episode should help anyone struggling with that aspect of their health and life to get on point with, with that, with how to create a healthy indoor light environment and why it's important to do so. Now, once these practices are in place and you and or your clients have this down now, okay, let's check in. What symptoms are still present? What are the nagging symptoms still? What symptoms are still the same? What symptoms have improved, but they're, they're lingering still, right? Now we can hone our healing focus even more. Now we can reshape and hone our lens. When it comes to MS, here's what we know. Here's how we hone our lens. And this is what we know. One, genetic predisposition is in place. That's for every disease, literally every single disease, genetic predisposition in place. 
Same for MS. Now, what do we do? We need to find out, it's our job as holistic health practitioners to find out what then triggered the genetic predisposition into motion. What set it forward? What activated, activated it? Was it an affair? Was it a grief? Was it a jab? Was it a flu? Okay, what we need to find this out. How do we find this out? You find this out during the intake process. The intake process with you and your client is hands down the most helpful, the most insightful, the most powerful diagnostic tool available to all of us. Just have to know how to use it. It's far better than any genetic test, test for Lyme, test for mold, test for parasites, test for mineral de deficiencies, test for food sensitivities, test for heavy metals, far exceeds the accuracy of any test. Why? Because it leads you to their quote unquote cure. This might not make total sense right now because this is what, this is, this is the training to be a health, a, a good health practitioner, how to understand symptoms. You have to learn how to identify the root cause of someone's disease, what activated the genetic predisposition, and you can determine this in the person's symptoms and by doing a thorough intake during your session with the client, period, hands down, point blank, that's it. Now, the goal is... What you do with the symptoms once you know what they are. You could have all this on paper. Thirsty for cold drinks. Aggravated by heat. Aggravated overheated by the sun. They hate slimy foods. They have a history of grief, but they can't let the tears out. It's hard for them to cry. They don't show their emotions. If you know all those symptoms, yeah, okay, Heather, I got them all written down here. Now you got to know what to do with the symptoms, right? This is the number one key to helping people achieve better, more successful healing outcomes, knowing how to make sense of their symptoms. It's like putting a puzzle together, honestly. Every time I go into a session, like, all right, here we go. What symptoms are we going to come up against today? How do we put these together to understand what's going on in this organism and get them a healing plan unique to anything they've experienced yet? And I'm not saying that to be arrogant. It's like this is how you individuate somebody's treatment protocol. I'm going to give you an example of an MS case um, that I had and where I would go after I provided them with an ancestral healing plan, you know, the, the circadian practices. So let's say those are in place. They're at the foundation. Then I would turn to, well, first we have, um, I want to mention this because I think it's important with regard to food grade supplements. I'm not a big fan of supplements. I'm a more or less kind of person when it comes to supplements. Anybody who gives you a shopping bag full of supplements you know, tell them no thanks, give them a peace sign, whatever sign you want to give them and walk out the door, right? It's not going to get to the root. But there are there are literally some ways we can use actual foods in a, a, a I hate the word microdose because it's like, there's this whole plant medicine vibe right now. And that's something I am I'm not a big fan of, and that's causing a lot of issues. And I've done podcasts on those, but 
if there's a substance somebody needs to help support their healing process, I will give them the smallest dose possible. Let's say seaweed, for example, the specific kind of seaweed and, and so, so forth. And then I'll give that to, I'll include that in their, their healing plan. That's part of the, the, the ancestral healing certification is understanding what food grade supplements are actually good quality, when to give them and, um, uh, what they're going to do in the body. But, okay. So let's say all of that is in place. They've got their mini food grade supplement plan, their sunlight RX, their ancestral eating plan. They've got the foundation. Now what? Well, from there, I would go, I would turn to homeopathy. The circadian practices allow you to lay a solid foundation for health and healing. Boom. It's that cement slab, right? Homeopathy comes in swoops in and addresses the genetic predispositions and root causes. These, these are, are, this is a solid marriage right here. This is a solid, solid place to heal from. Let's take uh, an MS case I had um, that I just, you know, I, let's take an MS case I had, okay? There was muscle twitching, low sexual desire, um, tended towards constipation, and the right side of the body was mainly affected. We saw this gradual um, uh, move towards paralysis, particularly on the right side of the body. All my homeopathic students, what's the remedy? Okay, I wanna let them think about that now. Now, this is, this, this is a very different symptom set than the MS case that I talked about earlier, right? That was aggravated by heat, aggravated by fat, had a strong desire for salt, strong thirst, history of grief or heartache, right? Now, these people have this same disease diagnosis. They both are diagnosed with MS. Same disease, different treatment. This is where people fall short in their healing and as health practitioners. Now, I would give these individuals very different remedies. The circadian practices would be pretty similar, okay? They would be pretty similar. The homeopathic remedy, very different. Homeopathy allows us to specify our treatment protocols because it pinpoints symptoms, root causes of disease, and helps one understand the importance of when the genetic predisposition switch got turned up. Now, let's just talk about some other things here with regard to MS. What do we know about this disease? Well, we know that it often occurs at higher latitudes. Now it's anywhere, but especially when it first began, it was you know higher latitudes. What does that mean? More northerly places in the Northern hemisphere would be the opposite in the southern hemisphere, right? We know there are certain triggers, particularly that impact the central nervous system, like the stabs, the um, the feds, GVT, will deny this to a T. They have come up with all sorts of horse crap papers denying this. The WHO even published a paper linking a connection between C19, the C19 stab and MS, the WHO.
Oh, then they went in and they said, oops, that's a take back. We didn't mean to put that out there. Who did that? That was a mistake. <clears throat> but here's the thing. It's not just the C19V that triggers this. Any V can trigger MS because it activates a genetic predisposition. Now, Vs have a particular sensitivity on the central nervous system and on the immune system. So they're a, and they're very powerful. <clears throat> they're a powerful anti, um, um, they're a very powerful immune disruptor, uh, immune suppressor. That was what I was looking for. They, they're a very powerful immunosuppressant, very powerful. I'm off YouTube probably at this point in time, but I can't keep this back from you all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever else this thing goes out to. But here's the thing. It's not just the C19V that that triggered that can trigger this condition that can activate the genetic predisposition in a very strong way. Any V can trigger this condition because it activates a genetic predisposition, right? Now, I need to talk about the P-O-L-I-L-V, okay, polio. <laughs> I'm trying hard not to get kicked out of groups here. <laughs> this particular V came out in 1955, some places maybe a little earlier. MS, a disease unknown to man, considered an, an anomaly if anybody even had any of these symptoms before that time. Oh, uh, was a disease that was considered virtually non-existent now becomes after the release of the PV, <laughs> the number one neurological disease after the, after this um, was administered. <clears throat> Polio impacts the central nervous system and MS is a disease of the central nervous system. Administration of this stab, sure, polio becomes extinct, but what did we do? What was the response in humans? We swapped getting this virus, this acute, for now getting one of the most intense neurological conditions known today, MS. If you read the symptoms of polio, it is practically verbatim for the medical definition of MS. And if we think this disease just came out of thin air, bad luck, that's what they want you to think. It's horseshit. So, you know, can other Vs trigger this? Absolutely. Is it the only cause of MS? Absolutely not. But it plays a role and it's uncanny, this connection and surge in MS after the polio stab was administered. So if you're someone with MS, what are my suggestions? Okay, Let, let's just, let's break this down. So one, crush it with your circadian practices. If you don't know the Sunlight RX, you had a four-step protocol that teaches you how to use sunlight therapeutically and how to use sunlight to improve the state of your mitochondria, your cells, the signaling systems in your body. 
get a copy. It's literally like 17 bucks over at my site, heathershepherd.com. I've now put it on the menu. You can't miss it. The Sunlight RX is right there and you can click on it and get your copy of the Sunlight RX. That is a way to set start setting a solid foundation. Also, learn about a truly ancestral diet. MS, this condition needs healthy fats. It needs healthy animal proteins. Sure, plants can be, be great terry walls, but we have to know when the best times of year are to add plants in and what types are best for each individual. Out of, here, here's a word of caution, out of region magic foods are nonsense. Some sort of apricot kernel from India. Leave that for India to eat. That is in their region. Maybe it does remarkable things for them. What are the healthy foods in your region? Focus on that. Uh, we have to keep food simple and local. Lastly, book a homeopathy session with me to help you start remove root causes of why you're struggling with MS, address your unique symptoms, address the triggers, and address the genetic predispositions. These are all things that homeopathy, a well-trained classical homeopath, can help you achieve. See you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my Sunlight RX tips, you can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore RX and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.